Namaste. We take up a, a fascinating subject. Uh, fascinating because uh, it is very intriguing, full of mystery. But well, Indian mystic thought is full of mysteries. At the same time, it is very relevant. Why it is relevant? We'll speak about it in a moment. It's about chin namasta. Chin to break. Masta is the head. So the head to break into, to be cut off. This is the story about a form of the Divine Mother. Its origin is from the Tantras. There is a whole set of knowledge, ten types of knowledge which are known as Das Mahavidyas. So they are the ten forms of the Goddess. And normally when you read about the Navadurga, you see it is a hierarchical arrangement from below upward. But the Das Mahavidya are in terms of they are circling around. They are not arranged hierarchically. They are circling around whom? Around Shiva. So there are two stories about the origin of these ten goddesses. One story is that when Shiva is... uh, Sati asked Shiva that she is called to Daksh Prajapati and she has to go and Shiva refuses because he knows uh, the whole fate. And then she assumes, uh, Sati assumes the form of these ten goddesses which surround him on all sides. And they dance very, uh, all forms are fierce forms. And they dance around him and finally he is compelled to sanction Sati to go into that realm of Daksha. The other story is almost a reverse of this. Here it is not Sati who wants to go, but Sati and Shiva are already there in the house of Daksha Prajapati. For those of us who may not know, Daksha Prajapati is the father of Sati. Sati herself is one of the forms of the Divine Mother. She is the Divine Mother who has incarnated in the realm of ignorance. And Daksha Prajapati. So he is the one who is uh, one of the guardians who has to formulate the order of the worlds. So his task is to uh, mediate between, uh, to, to set a system, a rule, a mechanism for the world and to mediate between mankind and the gods, not the ultimate, supreme. So he conducts a yagna and in the yagna all the gods come, whom the offering goes and then they go away. That's how he maintains this creation. So, uh, the second story as I said is when after marriage both of them are staying there and uh, Shiva, after some time Shiva is freedom, he cannot be bound anywhere for long, so he wants to go and uh, Sati wants him to stay, Daksh and his wife also they want him to stay. So, but when Shiva insists suddenly uh, Sati assumes these Das Mahavidya, ten forms. So again Shiva stays back. So here it is the reverse. On one side it's she wants the sanction from Shiva. The other side she wants Shiva to stay. Basically meaning thereby that these are aspects of the Divine Mother, powers of the Divine Mother which compel the great freedom of the infinite to stay, to be bound to a form, to a set of rules, to formal practices, whatever we want to say. The story of Daksh Prajapati itself is a very interesting story, which I have, I think, spoken about elsewhere. So, in among those ten forms, 
some of them are Kali, Tara, all of them are fierce forms. Bagula Mukhi, who is also worshipped. And each of them has a power to restrain, to destroy, etc. One of them is Chinnamasta. So Chinnamasta is a very intriguing goddess because she is portrayed as a goddess who has cut her own head with a scimitar. And in one hand she is holding the head and uh, in the um, other hand is the scimitar. And she is standing. See, every of these goddesses has some vahan or some seat. She is standing over Kamadev and Rati who are engaged in a kind of union through which the world comes into existence. The creation comes into existence. And she cuts this blood, she cuts her head, she her head and there are three streams of blood which flow from the neck which are taken by two um, goddesses on her side who manifest from her, Jai Vijay or Dakini and one more. So, anyways, so these two, they are drinking the blood and the third is drunk back by her herself. So, it's a very difficult picture even to look at it and people who meditate upon her, like many of the tantric uh, uh, vidyas and the tantric goddesses, you, you need a, a body with solid nerves. Uh, I have had only one encounter, I remember, in, in Ladakh, of, um, in Leh, of having actually the vision of Mother Kali. Not vision, I thought she is a, she is a murti. Vigraha, but she is breathing and it was awesome standing right up to the uh, touching, her head is touching the uh, ceiling and she is all blue, formidable and it was so formidable, I said oh this is Vigraha but so formidable, so living that I couldn't uh, set my eyes further and I closed my eyes and just touched her feet and sat for a few minutes then walked out much later when I went to that place again, (laughs) this time with some people around with my family and I said, I must take you, that's a Jagrat place, that's a Tantra Siddha place. But there was no such image ever, Vigre, ever in that place. Everybody told me. So it was for me, very strange experience that she is living. She had manifested and it was awesome. Like you felt that you are, and she is breathing. I am looking at it, she is breathing. How can somebody make a statue so living and Jagrat? That time I felt, I came back and this stayed with me that it was a Murti, Vigraha that I have seen. It's only after how many years, 20 years that when I went or maybe more that I realized it was not a Vigraha I had seen but actually seen Kali in one of her forms, Tantric forms. So these are very powerful goddesses and one of them is Chinnamasta. So Chinnamasta, what does she symbolize? What does she depict? Here she is not destroying evil. All other destruction we say see that um, say Kali she is destroying evil and darkness. Durga is destroying darkness. There are other images of destroying fierce forms of gods and goddesses where they are destroying something which is outside. Here she is destroying herself. What does it mean? It's a very beautiful symbol. Even in synthesis, Shivinda doesn't use the term. But he uses this expression that the divine mother, the divine destroys his own body. So what is meant by that? What is the body? Same thing we see in Sati. Sati destroys her own body. And out of the yagna, she re-emerges as Parvati. 
So what is creation? It is the body of God. She has made, you know, she has formed it out of her own blood. Blood is symbol of dynamic energy, pulsating from the heart. Blood is life energy through which it flows. It's the pulsating power. So out of her own power, she has created this form. But a time comes when this must be destroyed. Why? Because its time is over. So something which was good, say way back in times, thousand years, two thousand years back, no more holds true for the future. It has to modify. It has to transform itself. Then only it can survive. It can be given a new lease of life. Else it has to go. So as she is destroying her own body, we see that a process of creation, act of creation is going on right below her feet. That is Kamdevan Rati. So here we see death and life perpetually. Um, often in our surface vision, death and life are seen as opposites. But in the deeper vision, death is only a process of life. So when we look at winter, we may say, oh, all spring comes to an end. But as Shelley said, one of his beautiful lines, many of his beautiful lines, now I am getting tempted. But one of his beautiful lines is that, if winter is near, spring is not far behind. So it is, death is a process of life, not the opposite of life. It's a perpetual process. In this process, old forms are destroyed, new forms come. Why three streams of blood? We can look at it in different ways. One is the threefold energies, which also are part of the Divine Mother. We see the triple soul forces, which is Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. This is how it is described. Also we can see, because it's a tantric symbol, the threefold energies which pass through the spine, uh, subtle centers in the spine, not the spine as it is, but uh, the sukshma body, uh, subtle body. And they are Ganga, Yamuna and Saraswati or Ida Pingala and Sushmana. And there one can uh, look at this whole thing in a very different way. As they, they climb through, the power and intensity is so much that the head is burst and it begins to flow out, but it cannot be just thrown out. So it it starts simultaneously regenerating life. So that's how the symbol of the... Some see it as uh, the sexual act that is the... Because these symbols work on every level. As the sexual act being simultaneously life-giving and bringing us one step closer to death. The mother spoke of it in one of her writings. Each sexual act is a step towards death. And if you really look at it from the animal world perspective, the animals which die younger, youngest, which have the shortest lifespan, say for example rabbit, maybe there are others which uh, um, I would not know, but I know rabbits. So rabbits breed very fast and rabbits uh, have the you know smallest, one of the smallest lifespan. Also you will see that these animals which breed very fast or breed in most of the animals, after the uh, time for um, breeding or the menstrual cycle stops, they decline and die. Whereas with human beings, you are given a second lease of life. This is uniquely to human. You have double parenting, you have grandparenting and you have a double lease of life because after period stop and the uh, reproductive age is over, still human beings live because there is a purpose behind it. But meanwhile, the energy that goes into new creation is the same energy which goes into procreation. 
and unfortunately in recreation. So this is how one has to understand from the tantric point of view, people have this misconception. Vam Marg is all about, you know, tantra equal to sexuality. But yes, sexuality, but the complete mastery over the sexual act, not just the, not the Vedantic way. Vedantic way is that you are away, you have closed your eyes and, you know, you are... Uh, you keep away from uh, man keeps from away from women and where there are women but don't interact so but the real way is that you are in the midst of it and yet you are completely free from it that's what the original uh, vam mark tantra was and this is part of that tantric lore so the three streams can equally mean the three currents because it's a tantric symbol which rise burst through and they fall back and now f- it will create a new creation because it's out of those energies that new creation so you'll see these two goddesses Jay and Vijay they are drinking and the third stream is being drunk by none else but the head which has gone this cutting of head is shown in different ways in different mythologies but this is the original symbol of Chinmasta so what we see today see how contextual it is is precisely that process there are religions there are ideologies which had their purpose at one point of time, they were given a lease of life, they were given force, they were given victory, Jay Vijay. But their time is over, their term is over. So they are going to destroy, they are going to be destroyed. Ways and means will be found for them to be destroyed. Whether they will be destroyed by outer means, they will destroy imploding from within, they will, um, you know, because most of them don't believe in change because they are stuck in an epoch of time. So they are time bound. Whatever is stuck in a period of time is time bound because it cannot have one moment of time continue forever. So what is the secret then? So the secret is a constant, at one point in synthesis, Shobindu says that this perpetual regeneration of life is the secret of immortality. Now, uh, I am just going one step further because I have spoken about religions and ideology. What about Sanatana Dharma? Why Sanatana Dharma has survived and will survive? Because Sanatana Dharma has inbuilt within it an evolutionary principle. So, while the fundamentals are same, there is the one divine or call it by whatever names, Ekam, Sadvipra, Bahudavadanti, all that is fundamental. But unfolding of Sanatana Dharma, you see even the goddesses have changed. The Vedic goddesses are Ilamahi, Saraswati, Sarma. Nobody knows nowadays. So now you have different goddesses. Now you have Saraswati, Kali, Durga, etc. So even the gods have changed the names. And even the processes, new things have come up. Sri Krishna is not repeating Rama. Rama is not repeating Parshuram. Parshuram is destroying all that is dark. Uh, with a with a violence, but when Rama comes, his destructive power of the uh, evolved souls is tempered by the illumined light of the Kshatriya of of of, of Rama. That's what we see in him. Krishna goes another level. It's the same dharma. All of them are coming to preserve dharma and take it to the next level. So you have Krishna, and then from Krishna we have Shurabindo, or if those who believe in tradition, you have Kalki. So, because of this evolutionary principle, even in the Sanatana Dharma, the soul is not one life, but it keeps on coming. 
So death in Sanatana Dharma is only a process of perpetual life. That's what Sri Krishna says in the beginning in the Gita, the first two chapters. That uh, you are grieving for something you should not grieve for. So because we have all, always see death as an instrument of life. So you have life which comes up again. So what does it do coming up again? It evolves. What evolves? Who is evolving? That another difference between let's say Buddhist thought and um, uh, Sanatana Dharma thought. Well, there is in us a psychic being or a psychic principle, a divine principle. It is, it is not passing through it just like that. In Tantra, you have even the so many yonis. So it passes through all this till it begins to put on a psychic personality or a divine personality within the human limits or you can use the word spiritual personality, the spiritual being, the true being. And when it reaches that point through the process of death, rebirth and death and rebirth, then it is free. And then it can either choose to quit the game or it can play the game consciously. When it chooses to play the game consciously, several lines open. Again, it does not remain static. How does it play the game consciously? It can be a Jeevan Mukta, it can be a guide, it can be joined by one of the higher lines of uh, forces, one of the gods may incarnate, manifest and thereby or it can join the work of transformation very consciously. So, Chinmasta stands for all of these things. In a sense, it is the Divine Mother destroying her own. That also she had brought out. It was out of herself because there is no other... uh, um, you know, no other creatrix principle. She brought out. She supported it. She gave it the force energy to conquer. And now she destroys it. Clears the debris. So we have Shiva's Tandav and Lassi going together. And out of the flames of Sati, Parvati emerges. They are very beautiful symbol. Chinnamasta is a little more drastic. We see today perhaps sometimes drastic methods are needed to um, to change creation. That's what we see today. The dance of Chinmasta and the tantrics, the yogis, the siddhas rejoice at it. When they see destruction, they don't feel frightened. Oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? They know that new creation is round the corner. There's a beautiful passage in Savitri. He saw from timelessness the works of time. A giant dance of Shiva tore the past. Alarm and rumor shook the armored earth. So all the titans battle cry was in my ears. All that he sees. But then after that he says, I saw them cross the twilight of an age and the sun-eyed children of a marvelous dawn. So what we see today is the old world being destroyed. It This destruction will become more and more virulent for all that refuses to change. Mother gave this message 50 years back. Men, countries, continents, the choice is imperative. Truth or the abyss. This is a verdict. If you are ready to change, wonderful. All that refuses because what the divine has willed, no power can really, our ifs and buts and doubts and all this apart. (laughs) But that's how it will be. But those who are ready to change, who are who are open, surrendered, they, they understand that divine will, as the mother said, commenting on this particular one, she said, right now there is so much hypocrisy and falsehood in the dealings of nations, international dealings. 
But then those who have taken up sadhana, they need not worry of fear. And she says abyss, truth or the abyss, what is abyss? She says three things. Lust for power, greed for money and fear, these are the abyss. So you see the terrorist, what do they feed upon? Fear. They have sounded their own death knell. Lust for power, politics and greed for money. You, now all this is getting exposed. And one sign which I must say which was very beautiful was to hear the uh, ambassador of Israel speak to you know, and say that it has become redundant. Mother spoke about it more than 50 years back that the United Nations are becoming redundant. <laughs> Today somebody is echoing because he saw the falsehood. So it is, uh, we are looking for spring around the corner because it's winter time, the old creation is being destroyed. Who is destroying? The Divine Mother herself. Who had brought it out? The Divine Mother. And who is bringing the new creation? The Divine Mother is taking a new form and emerging as the new creation. Namaste.